0: 5,000, United, 13,000. What's going on? That's
1: twice. Uh, I'm not
0: sure. It's this is unacceptable. Come on, let's not do this again. Uh, we don't work in the tower. Sir. They told me to talk to you. I'm Damien Bulwa, and this is Fifth Admission. What you just heard was a United Airlines pilot reacting after he was forced to abort landings twice while descending over the bay towards San Francisco International Airport the pilot had to do two maneuvers known as go-arounds, pulling the aircraft up and circling back for another landing. It happened May 12th, prompting the pilot to express outrage over an open radio channel. And it was the first of two somewhat similar incidents last month at SFO. On May 19th, two pilots had to abort landings after spotting a Southwest plane in their path on a runway. While aborted landings and go-arounds are not uncommon at airports, and can be handled safely, they're no fun for travelers. Perhaps you might have had the experience of expecting to land, only to lift into the sky again. And the incidents speak to a larger issue at SFO, which often has just two parallel, narrow runways for arriving and departing jets. Chronicle reporter Matthias Gaffney has been following these incidents and is here. He's going to tell us about what happened after talking with experts and reviewing the air traffic control tapes from these incidents. 1390, uh, can you take a up? Nope, that's too
1: late. Matthias, what's going on here? What you heard was the control tower at SFO telling the pilot of United Flight 1390 to go around on his second attempt to land. That's that's pretty rare that a pilot will have to go around twice on a landing. The tower asked if the pilot can switch runways beforehand as kind of like a last ditch effort to see if they can land the plane but the pilot says that's it's too late switching runways would mean he'd have to go from two eight left to two eight right which is a move you have to try uh happen much earlier than that he's then told to go around those are not necessarily dangerous maneuvers but they get more concerning the closer an aircraft gets to another one and they are certainly unsettling and frustrating for passengers and as you can hear in this audio for pilots and controllers as well.
0: 5,000 United, thirteen ninety. What's going on? That's twice.
1: I'm not sure.
0: This is unacceptable. Come on, let's not do this again. Uh,
1: We don't work in the tower.
0: They told me to talk
1: to you. In this clip, you can hear the United pilot talking to a regional controller after he goes around a second time. He tells that pilot that there's a problem and this happened a second time. And he's told, you know, this isn't our problem. We don't work in the tower.
0: United 1390, again, uh, just for uh, information, we've had issues with the tower here for a while as far as uh, uh, some of these go-arounds things like that. But uh, I think it's worth it for a, uh, an official report that we're hearing now that they're trying to believe us for our uh, I, don't, I don't know what was wrong with what we did. Yeah, I'm going out for sure. I mean, that's just unacceptable, two go-arounds for the same issue. It's just, It's, it's got to happen. Something's got to happen with that. I agree with
1: you 100%. On his third attempt to land, the United pilot makes a comment about not putting any more planes on a runway ahead of him, clearly showing his frustration with the whole process. All right. right, two two-way right now. Can we make sure we don't put anyone on the runway anymore?
0: So, Matias, you mentioned 28L and 28R as the runways that that planes can land. People are probably familiar both being in planes and also traveling on the peninsula and seeing the planes come down over the bay toward the airport paint a picture of the layout of this airport
1: yeah as you said i think we've all come into sfo landing on an airplane where you're coming right you start seeing the the water of san francisco bay come to your sides as you approach 28 left or 28 right so those two runways are parallel they're very narrow that is one of the issues pilots have concerns about they're about 750 feet apart which is really close together And then there are two perpendicular runways as well, one left and one right. Those have been under construction for most of the early 2023, which means that planes have had to take off and land on both 28 right and 28 left, which causes a lot of congestion.
0: And as far as aborted landings and go-arounds, is it a big deal? Should we be concerned about pilots
1: needing to abort landings after descending toward the airport. Every go around is an individual case. They happen at major airports on average about, you know, one or two per day. Some can be as simple as a pilot gets a gust of wind that throws him off his tracking into landing and so they just say let's try this again and, and loop around. I actually spoke to our former food critic, Soleil, now we're an opinion writer who just Uh, A couple days ago was on a flight that got sent around and we listened to the audio and Soleil's pilot told the controller that he was coming in too high and he decided to abort the landing on his own and come around and try it again. So there's simple situations like that, but the concerning ones are the ones where there are planes on the runway, either when they're not supposed to be or they are delayed And a plane is coming down to land at the same time. Obviously, that creates a really dangerous situation. These happen at airports. It's a big dance to get these planes, especially when you're landing and taking off from the same runway. You have to, at a busy airport, you've got to roll them out there, hope they don't have any delays, get them off the runway before the next plane is coming in. It's a constant process during the day. So the closer you are to aircraft, the worst situation it is. And we've been focusing on ones that come, according to experts we spoke to, too close for comfort.
0: All right, Matias, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. More about these aborted landings at San Francisco's airport right after this break on Fifth and Mission.
1: You're listening to Fifth and Mission. If you have a comment or there's a story you think we should cover, let us know. You can email us at fifth, that's F-I-F-T-H, at sfchronicle.com. Or leave us a voicemail at
0: 415-777-6156. Welcome back to Fifth Mission. I'm Damian Bolwa, joined by Chronicle reporter Matias Gaffney. We're talking about these aborted landings that happen at San Francisco Airport, what we should make of them. You know, I was just digging through my memory, Matias. I cannot remember ever myself having a go around on a flight. What about you?
1: I don't think I have. I've also was wondering that it's pretty startling on the on the body. If you could imagine, everyone's kind of descended for final descent into an airport and, you know, there's a drop off and then you can kind of sense yourself. If you look out the window, you can see everything beside you getting closer and closer. You see on coming into SFO, the water by you and that sensation of all of a sudden pulling up is almost like a roller coaster ride and i don't remember myself ever having gone through that but the i've i've had a number of passengers who've come into sfo reach out to me with their own personal stories of being sent around on on trips and they all were pretty startled by it
0: now matias you report that sfo's rate of issuing go-arounds has been about average when compared to airports around the country But still, some experts are saying they're, quote, trying to cram too many aircraft onto too few runways there. What's going on here?
1: Yes, they are on par with the national average for go-around rates. As I said before, not every go-around is the same, so it's hard to know from that data whether they have more serious go-arounds than other airports. But, yeah, they have the same rates as the average. I think what experts are talking about is – Not just necessarily SFO specific, but there's an idea that there's with the infrastructure around the country that there's a lot of airplanes and it's a very fine timing to get planes on and off from airports and that there's a dearth of air traffic controllers that creates issues. And so there's a bigger issue, widespread issue nationwide about air traffic controllers dealing with these types of issues. But also they said that there's very SFO specific issues at play. As I said before, these two uh, runways run parallel to each other and have at least over the last few months been taking departures and arrivals. So that makes it very congested. So the timing is of critical importance. And then there's also with SFO, the issue, they have oftentimes weather issues, which can cause, you can imagine, the fog issues that can happen there. So that can create delays, which when you have delays, that just means the timing is going to be even more planes coming in over a shorter period of time. So all of those issues, the experts say, cause somewhat of a unique condition at SFO.
0: And when you say they're using the same runway to to land and to depart, basically alternating?
1: Generally speaking, alternating. Yeah. I mean, if you ever go to SFO, you can see a steady line of airplanes on the same track coming over the San Mateo bridge. Right. And they have the same general flight path to come in for an arrival and they're spaced out. There's a controller whose job is to space them out, put them at speeds that keep them equidistant. And so in between each arrival, you try to knock out as many departures as you can and it's just a fine dance where if you put out a plane and they delay in taking off, that can throw off that timing and that can cause a plane to go around. And then you're kind of – you have the domino effect of more planes in the air and, and it creates a new backup that you have to kind of take into account down the line.
0: And what does the government say about these incidents and also your reporting on them?
1: Yeah, so I spoke to the FAA – which is the one who employs these air traffic controllers. And so they see both of these incidents that I reported on as being handled safely. They say that go-arounds are very routine and these incidents are part of what pilots are trained for, part of what controllers are trained for, and it's just part of the process. So they have said that they are not investigating either of the incidents and are satisfied with how it was handled.
0: But again, there's a difference between perhaps a go around where a pilot wants to to do it again because of, of a wind change, as you said, versus saying, hey, I don't feel comfortable with that airplane that's crossing
1: the runway. Correct. Earlier this year, there was a number of close calls at airports across the country where planes, for whatever reason, were on runways as other planes were trying to land or take off and they had some close calls. That led to a Senate hearing, and it led to funding by the FAA to try to prevent runway incursions. Some of that money even went to San Jose's Mineta Airport. So I think there's still issues with the crowded airways, and the FAA would concede that they are trying to better source these airports with additional infrastructure.
0: Matthias, back in 2017... You reported a big story that that there was nearly a, a big wreck at SFO. It could have been the deadliest accident in aviation history. That July, an Air Canada plane nearly landed on a taxiway that was full of loaded commercial jets, missing one of them by just about 14 feet. Since then, the Bay Area Congressman Mark DeSalniate has been pushing for increased safety measures for planes. How did he react to these recent incidents?
1: Yeah, he was uh, uh, definitely concerned. He has been looking into how to make it safer for pilots to land. That includes legislation that he helped introduce and that actually just got signed into law. president signed into law um, last Saturday, and that involved kind of modernizing what's called a NOTAM. That's like a notice to a pilot. These are uh, notices that go out before each flight. Where they are told, like the airport they're going to, specifics about, you know, an uh, runway is closed or they uh, a taxiway is closed. Those were really antiquated in the past, and this new legislation would modernize that and help pilots get this information that played a role in that 2017 near miss at SFO where the pilot wasn't computing that the runway two eight left was closed at the time he was landing so that new legislation came directly because of the sfo near miss
0: what about this audio that we hear i mean to some degree pilots are are working with air traffic controllers to land but there's also some frustration there's some sniping that you hear this is on a an open radio channel what do we make of that is this a good thing
1: Well, the experts I spoke to, many of them, former or current airline pilots, were all just cringing at hearing audio. They said, you know, regardless of any of the go-around issues at SFO, it's like just really unprofessional to do that on an open frequency. They said, you're supposed to be very businesslike on an open frequency and if you listen to it it is very (laughs) businesslike for most of the time so that was what was so alarming about this exchange hearing them both vent to each other and you know the pilots i spoke to said it's reserved the open frequency for business and it's also reserved for emergencies and the more you talk on there the more you possibly could interrupt someone else with a serious situation so they were not in favor of that all that being said They all took notice that, you know, you didn't have just a pilot who was upset about having to abort two landings in a row for two runway issues that he was upset about. You also had an air traffic controller who was upset about a fellow air traffic controller at SFO Tower and about how they're handling the landings there and sending people to go around. So I think that was pretty striking. You definitely don't hear that internal criticism very often, especially on an open frequency like that.
0: On a positive note, it turns you on to the story.
1: (laughs) It definitely, I've heard a lot, my fair share of uh, radio communications between pilots and controllers. It is often incredibly boring and tedious. So this definitely jumped out to me um, as someone who's listened to hours and hours of it. Matthias, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me.
0: To read Matthias Gaffney's coverage of the aborted landings at SFO and to hear that audio of those incidents, go to sfchronicle.com. I want to thank my guest today, Matthias Gaffney. Thanks also to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.